Airtel Uganda IPO and the trend of shrinking retail investors. From over 1,100 cities and 128 countries, Care Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Airtel Uganda Limited managed to raise 211.4 billion Uganda shillings, or about $56 million, after selling 54.5% of 8 billion shares in its IPO. The firm launched its share sale on 29th of August and set the price at 100 Ugandan shillings to offload a 20% stake. Retail investors bought just 0.3% of the IPO. Shares were unchanged at 100 shillings on its debut on Tuesday. Keith Kadejira, Capital Markets Authority CEO in this episode, talks lessons from this IPO and the $15 million sweet spot. Any offer size of above $100 million is a large investment. It's a large offer size. Um, and it's important that institutional investors are brought on board very early in the stage in the process. Um, underwriting considerations are made very early in the process uh, because the clear lesson is that $100 million is a large sum of money. And in order to guarantee success of an uptake, um, all those arrangements for financing and investment have to be done much earlier on in the process. We are increasingly seeing that original investors rarely contribute more than $20 million to a public offer. And uh, for me, that's a sweet spot for any company seeking between 5 and $20 million. I think there's still room for that those offer sizes to be successful. Obviously, it all depends on the valuation of the company and also whether the market trusts and believes the profitability projections that this company is seeking um, or informing their prospective investors about. Uh, but I believe that uh, it's a good starting point really for companies to consider seeking patient capital outside the banking sector in order to finance the expansions. Many times it's not clear how long the expansions will take to start generating sufficient revenue to generate good profits. So many businesses that are seeking to expand aggressively in the country or even outside the country need patient capital. And I believe equity is a, the most patient form of capital, even if it's more expensive over time, it's the most patient form of capital because it's repaid through dividends if the companies make profit. And if they don't, then there are no dividends paid. So I really want to appeal to Ugandan businesses to consider you know, private placements, public offers, even if they don't end up in a listing and or public offers that result into a listing eventually as a source of patient capital. Anytime is the right time to list. The factors uh, affecting the markets have to be considered and indeed, interest rates are quite high overseas as countries battle with inflation. The West battles with inflation. So at a time like this, the appetite for interest from foreign investors will be expected to be mild uh, or moderate at best. Uh, but any time is a good time to list. Because uh, if companies, if, if investors fundamentally believe in the economics and the proposition of the, of the companies that are seeking capital, they will invest. And there are many lessons. There are many lessons, but I suspect... It being the second telecom could have affected uh, retail investor appetite because I suspect that those who invested in the NTN IPO probably weren't that interested or keen to invest in another telecom company because they have sufficient telecom exposure. So those are some of the considerations that I think to a large extent have uh, influenced investor behavior. Uh, any other key lessons that were learned in this IPO? There will be many key lessons learned, but uh, I think that's the main lesson. Um, 
Yeah. Um, getting investor commitments early, as I mentioned earlier, is important. And also investors following through on their commitments. I've heard of cases where investors made commitments and never followed through. So in the world of finance, it's important that two investors stick to their word because their word is their bond. Once you say you're going to commit X amount of money, stick to it. And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. Zambia's central bank raised the ratio of deposits that commercial lenders must hold in a bit reverse a slide in the world's worst-performing currency after Argentina's peso. The Bank of Zambia will increase the statutory reserve ratio requirement for local and foreign currency deposits by 3% points to 14.5% with effect from November 15th. Zambia's kwacha has plunged 21% against the dollar since the end of June, with only Argentina's peso performing worse globally, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. The copper-producing nation's currency has taken strain as metal prices and production have dropped, while efforts to restructure more than $10 billion of external sovereign debt have dragged on. Zambian consumer price inflation in October accelerated by 12.6%, the fastest pace in almost two years, partly driven by the Quacha's depreciation. Zambia imports products from fuel to fertilizer, so prices are heavily impacted by movement in the exchange rate. Meanwhile, gross foreign exchange reserves in South Africa decreased further to $60.96 billion in October of 2023 from $61.13 billion in the previous month. This was the smallest amount since December 2022 amid declines in foreign currency reserves and SDR holdings. Also, the forward position representing the central bank's unsettled swap transactions edged lower to $0.508 billion from $0.51 billion in September. Advisory and professional services firm Einstein Young's 11th Africa Attractiveness Report found that clean technology led the foreign direct investment drive into Africa against the backdrop of substantial overall recovery of FDI on the continent. Technology services attracted the second most FDI and business services placed third in terms of investment attractiveness. The overall report found that Africa attracted 733 projects, a 64% increase over the prior year, worth $194 billion and created 154,000 jobs. South Africa, Egypt, Morocco and Kenya accounted for nearly 75% of all renewable energy investments since 2010, amounting to $46 billion. South Africa attracted the most FDI projects in Africa, making up 23% of the continent's total at 157, and this is also the highest number since 2016. The FDI was valued at $26.8 billion and created approximately 15,000 jobs. South Africa was the third largest recipient of clean technology FDI into Africa, trailing only Egypt and Morocco. The World Travel and Tourism Council estimates that the African travel and tourism sector could add $168 billion to the continent's economy and create more than 18 million new jobs, depending on three key policies to unlock yearly growth of 6.5% in the sector. The World Tourism Travel Council, together with government technology services provider VFS Global, finds in a report on the continent's travel and tourism sector that it welcomed 84 million international travelers in 2019, which contributed $186 billion to the continent's economy. The WTTC and VFS have partnered to uncover the extensive opportunities that travel and tourism offers in Africa, including by publishing a report on findings. Currently, the African travel and tourism sector provides employment 
25 million people, which comprises 5.6% of all jobs in the region. The sector has already more than doubled since 2000 with more potential that can be unlocked with the right policies. The WTTC suggests a policy package for the continent focused on improving growth based on infrastructure, visa facilitation and tourism marketing. The report published by two organizations sets out the top destinations for investment, country rankings and projected growth and case studies to help plan and invest strategically. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at Puthadong. Oh, 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 oh,